0: Conversion from gas is a topic that is highly relevant and important these days. All countries in Europe and maybe all over the world have to decarbonize our societies very soon. Heat is an important factor in this decarbonization process as we are responsible for maybe 40% of the energy consumed in Europe. And here we have solutions for the decarbonization and it's simply heating. So we need to be successful in the conversion away from natural gas to district heating. This is what this podcast is about. So welcome to Danish Board of District Heating's District Heating Podcast. In this series of podcasts, we invite experts from the industry to highlight important and current development in our industry. The goal is to share knowledge, to inspire, and maybe also to provoke a bit, to give insights. This is the DPDH District Heating Podcast, and I'm Morten Jort Doudain. In Germany, all municipalities will soon have to make energy and heat plants. In the Netherlands, they will stop their own production of natural gas within a few years. Both England and Scotland implement planning laws, subsidies, and much more to drive this development. So we are all in the same boat. We have to get rid of natural gas and find other solutions. And when I say same boat, I mean we are all in the same boat, no matter if you're Danish, German or Chinese. We also have the situation between Ukraine and Russia, and this has of course pushed this agenda even further. We will dwell a little bit on that also in this podcast. With me today, I have two colleagues who are working with converting more of their, um, more parts of their city from gas to district heating. First, we have Jens Andersen, who's managing director in Nestle district heating. Hi, Jens. And then we have Jesper Müller Larsen, also managing director, among other things, for district heating in Aalborg, a somewhat larger city. Welcome to both of you. Thank, you. Thank you. Today we will touch on different topics with a strong focus on how we actually go about this task. We will discuss customer contact. I understand there is some activities among your customers or potential customers these days. We will talk about investment, bottlenecks, ownership. And also, do we have the manpower and what about prices? And in the end, I'll ask both Jesper and Jens what they find is the most important thing to do to make a successful conversion from natural gas to district heating. We need to understand a little bit about your cities and what your district heating systems look like, and also a little bit about the gas conversions you are undertaking. What is your ambitions? What is the numbers and so on? Maybe Jens, you will start out telling a little bit about district heating in Nestle.
1: Yes, and thank you for the invitation today here at the podcast. Welcome. Yes, um, my name is Jens Andersen, and I'm the general manager of the, uh, district heating in uh, company in, in Nestle. Nestle is a city uh, located 80 kilometers south of Copenhagen. Uh, there's a population for 43,000 people. So and and my company is a nonprofit owned by the customers uh, company and I have approximately 6,000 customers and uh, the yearly production is about 250,000 megawatt hours and uh, the production is about ninety-eight percent is uh, waste incineration plant, and two uh, percent is uh, gas boilers natural gas. So, that, and the whole system we have we have about two hundred kilometers uh, pipelines, and um, the heating area is approximately two million square meters. So. I think that was some highlights uh, of my company and a short introduction uh, to my company here.
0: Thank you very much. Let me have two more numbers. How many um, in your plans, how many um, houses, dwellings, square meters, whatever, do you plan to convert within the next five years or whatever your time plan is from Uh, gas to green? District heating.
1: We are expanding our district heating area right now. We are in the year two of uh, this plan. We are and it goes in 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 five years, so we think we will uh, finish in uh, twenty four. And the plan is about one thousand seven hundred uh, housings, and uh, approximately five hundred thousand square meters. Uh, approximately 28 megawatts uh, capacity uh, so.
0: so square meter wise that is if I can do a quick calculation uh, around 25 percent
1: yeah 30 uh, okay. percent approximately 25 percent yes Good.
0: from 80 kilometers south of um, Copenhagen we go somewhat west and somewhat north to Olborg and to a um, city that is a bit larger. Jesper, share some Thank you, numbers.
2: Morten. Thank you, Morten. Yes, that's right. I'm the general manager of the district heating company in Aalborg. Aalborg is, uh, we call it the capital of, of the northern Jutland. We are somewhat uh, smaller city than Copenhagen, but uh, still we are approaching about 250,000 uh, inhabitants. 250,000 inhabitants we are a a multi-utility company serving both uh, district heating also cooling also gas for the city also of course the sewage systems uh, water uh, supplies and stuff like that in terms of uh, district heating we have a a slightly good share of the of the demand in the city so more than 99 of of the houses in albo are connected to our system we have at the moment about 105,000 houses connected, both uh, the private houses, but also bigger and commercial and uh, in industries and stuff like that. So, so a fairly good share of, of the city is now provided by by heat from our system. The the district heating is uh, distributed through a, a, a huge system of more than yeah almost 2,000 kilometers of pipes going forth and going back delivering heat from uh, three major heat suppliers. The largest of them is also owned by, by my company, the CSP plant of uh, North, Northern Jutland, uh, a huge CSP plant, unfortunately still fired by coal, but we expect this plant to be uh, taken out of operation in a few years. Then the, the second largest is, is the waste to energy plant, constituting about twenty-five percent of the productions. And then the last share is is taken by surplus heat suppliers. We have about twenty of them totally, but the, the largest of course is the Olba Portland, the cement factory, delivering about twenty-five percent of the heat consumption in the city. So so a huge city. And and due to the fact that we actually have 99% of the market share at the moment, the the expansions in our network, and we experience huge expansions every year, up to 5% growth every year. And this is uh, made by, one, connecting surrounding cities, today supplied by natural gas, and then the organic growth by simply developing the city, constructing new houses, and connecting them to the networks. That'll be all for for me in Albania. now. Okay, thank you. So it's
0: interesting that, but it, this is not a part of this uh, discussion, but you also, when, when there's new areas being built, you can still deliver district heating, even though it's a low energy house and so on and so forth. That may be f- something for one of the next podcasts. The theme is how to make um, a conversion successful. Um I have been visiting one of your, the cities you have been converting, Jesper. Maybe you could talk us through maybe that example or another example of how do you actually go about it? Where do you start? What do you do? How long time does it take?
2: Um, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I, I could say to a start that uh, I forgot to say before, but uh, the utilities of Allborg is owned by the municipality. And the fact that we are owned by the municipalities also mean we are uh, kind of managed by a political organization, you can say. So we have a city council that's quite ambitious and already 10 years ago, they said that the the green district heating energy should be uh, delivered for all inhabitants in the municipality of Orgborg. Of course, we have some small uh, houses on the land side, which would be impossible to supply by district heating networks. But nevertheless, we have a lot of urban areas, uh, townships, uh, minor towns, smaller towns, also larger towns outside the, the city now that are interested in getting connected to the, the center of the networks. And today we have the, the approach that we still need, I think, three or four of these towns remaining to get connected to the district heating networks. So for us, it's, it's, it's a matter of controlling the, the, uh, the interest from this. It's because we experience a huge interest at the moment of getting connected. So to start with, we will already start a, uh, having a communication and meetings with the citizen associations. Because in many of these smaller cities, we have maybe a thousand houses, two thousand houses and, and approaching an entire city through just a simple marketing could be a, a quite a complicated affair. So so getting in touch with the, the cities and associations is a good approach for us because we have like a, a way to approach this city by a single point of contact. These associations have a feeling about what's going on in the city. How could we reach the population and the inhabitants in these cities? So they are good ambassadors for us. And so you start there. How long time yeah, do you use on that? Sometimes it will take for, for a month, uh, sometimes it takes years. Some of these uh, cities, we have actually been in the dialogue with these cities for, for even three or four years before we actually uh, make the first offering. Because in, in Denmark, we have this case that we can't approach and start selling district heating in a, a new area, like like a natural gas-fired city, before we have all the right uh, approvals from the municipalities and the authorities. So to have all these calculations and to have everything planned and in detail, Should we start with a a negotiation, uh, about 35% of the uh, housings. So we would start by having a a kind of start initial connection rate before we start the the excavations of the roads and uh, putting in uh, pipes in the uh, grounds and stuff like that. So normally we would start after these approvals We would start uh, by marketing the the district heating networks by meetings, by um, official channels, the medias and stuff like that. Uh, A lot of communications in the cities.
0: And then when that is done, you have your approval. And then you start in phases, I understand, to um, dig up the roads, put in the pipes, connect people. From the approval till when you're done, how is, how, is,
2: um, how is what is what is happening there? How long does that take? Typically, we would say that uh, the, the initial uh, dialogue, the approvals and stuff that could last for half a year, maybe one year. That'll be a typical period. Then we'll have the sales and marketing period before we uh, reach the, the, the critical limit, maybe 30%, maybe 40%, depending on the area, reaching this uh, level. Due, due to the, or, or through the use of uh, the medias and marketing channels. That could last, maybe the last city here, we did it in three months. Other times it could last for like half a year. And then a few months for some construction, planning of construction, and then construction. Yeah. And then the construction could maybe, for the last city, we had a, a fairly huge city of more than 2,000 two uh, buildings. And the construction in that city, that would uh, have a duration of maybe two or three years. But you will have phased it out then, I understand. Yeah, exactly.
0: That was um, planning and how to do it in a large city, Jens. Um, some, from a somewhat smaller city, is it easier? Is it faster?
1: Uh, yes, no, I don't think so. It's uh, almost the same, I can say. We, we do, sometimes we do it a little, little <sighs> Different because we we do all the planning first and have the approval by the uh, local governments here. And when we have them, then we start the marketing, just like uh, Jasper was telling about. And it, it's the t- same uh, same time frame from when you when you do the marketing that you get up to the limit of you need for a connection to. Uh, Realize uh, the, the the project. It goes by t- three to five months, okay. uh, and in, in we're using different communication channels like uh, Facebook, and we also uh, examine people to general meetings, uh, invite people. Uh, we have approximately two hundred uh, each time when we go into a new area, so. And then we do a lot of activities, uh, one by one, uh, sales meetings where we come out to the customers, how it's going to work in, in his house and where is the connections good for his house and, and stuff like that. So that's how we do, the, uh, let's say, the communications. Yeah, and we somewhere. do a lot of uh, with our websites where people can sign on the contract and stuff like that. So. I
0: kind of assume it's, it's all Danish district have a very close in, interaction with their yes. customers. But I'm... Uh, I'm always impressed with um, some of the pictures you have shown where you you have little booths on the on the market square on Saturday mornings where some yeah. of your people out um, handing out um, candy to the kids and talking about district heating you yourself I have seen you have been in online meetings during Corona times and and so on so I understand you find this as a really important part of becoming successful.
1: Yes, we do that, especially here in the Corona times where we couldn't have the general meetings. So we went uh, garden meetings, if you can call them that. So um, we say to the neighbors, if you can example approximately 10 neighbors or something, then we will come out and, and tell uh, about district heating. And that was very successful in that period where we, were, we couldn't example. Uh, a lot of people so we use that and we also do a lot of uh, let's say celebrations when we are uh, the first co- uh, the first customer is connected to the district heating and then we invite all the other people in the area to to come and see how it's actually looked like in uh, in the house uh, how it, and and customers can tell what is the experience with the district heating and and how is the experience with us as a supplier for for energy so and we always serve the barbecue as well you, do, you don't forget that <laughs> no, don't, no. Forget.
0: <laughs> don't forget to have candy for the kids and yes barbecue sausages for, the, uh, for the, uh, the beer for the yeah. for the adults yeah and that's that's right uh, and that is probably uh, also important uh, what i would like to say and you can just confirm it maybe is that that is a sales process because you can't force anyone to connect to your system you have to go out and tell them this is a great idea and the price is good and it's green and it's all the good Mm -hmm. stuff and if 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 i was your customer and i got tired of just teaching i assume i could leave again
1: yes yes you can do that uh, I think this about in, in in one or six months you can uh, uh, disconnect for the, uh, our and, system
0: and install my own system. Not that I would yes. do it because no. we already invested a lot. So, um, but um, but we are not forced to stay connected with your system. No. Now we are talking about that, um, <clears throat> even though this is absolutely not a international political podcast, but a district heating podcast, I think I'll jump a little bit into the um, situation here. We are in March 2022. Um, the re- Ukrainian-Russian um, conflict has been on for two weeks or something like that. How does um, that conflict affect um, you? Yes, but you told me the other day that there are a lot of reactions, maybe both from customers, but also maybe from the
2: municipality and others. What is happening? Yeah, well, it's, it's a really sad uh, reason for us to, to to talk about the situation with the conversion and, and the energy situation. But due to the fact that uh, Ukraine and, and Russia is is a, a center of gas, for instance, for instance, it is really essential that, that we, we start talking about it. Uh, I, I, I should mention that when we had the first energy crisis in Europe, in the 70s, the first and the second crisis, it was, of course, due to, to issues about the oil supplies from, from the Middle East. And, and this to many looks like a little bit the same that we're having an energy crisis because of, of some supplies from a part of the world that we not quite do agree with. So, so we are a part of a political organization that actually have some standpoints concerning the use of, of Russian coal, Russian gas and stuff like that. So uh, one part of me and my organizations are, are really considering the, the use of energy and, and the, the, what do you call it, where, where we are buying and supplying this energy from. The second part for me that's really important here is that, that we have a lot of political consumers I call them political consumers because you all know that, that when you have a lot of inhabitants agreeing or disagreeing with a certain political sake, you have the power being a consumer and what you choose. And at the moment, we have a huge part of the consumers contacting us at the moment because they want to get rid of Russian gas using, used for, for heating purposes in the houses. And we still have in our municipality more than 2,000 houses heated by natural gas. You can't even say that, that they are from Russian gas, but you could also say that the Russian gas is a part of the gas supply. But you could definitely say that the prices on natural gas have risen tremendously the last few months. Just yesterday, you had, we had in our prices a rise of more than 50%. So so a lot of these consumers acting in, in the municipality of Olbo are contacting us at the moment... It's quite a, a front, a quite a strong front of a, a, even a storm at the moment because everybody in this city, natural still on natural gas, wants to get converted to district heating.
0: Interesting, Hi. because it's a political consumer. Yes. And I guess you have some of the same, Jens. Yes.
1: But um,
0: we, what we about have the l- price? Suddenly we talk we, about fuel poverty. People can't yes. afford to heat their homes.
1: It's, it's not a
0: problem uh, with you, because you're not dependent on gas prices, but what do you see?
1: Uh, I, we, we can see uh, it's a well really sad reason why we have to discuss this and the uh, pricing of gas. But but we can see, uh, as we already know, that the gas pricing is going very, very high right now. So we uh, have a lot of people who's calling us. In in Nestor, we are... We all have about 65% of the um, heat load in in natural. So we also have over 4,000 buildings who are on natural gas today. Uh, individ- individual natural gas. So. We have a lot of calls every day. We have actually yesterday talked about we have to close our telephones because we we couldn't uh, do our work here. So people are very concerned about the pricing and also the uh, political situation we have here. So a lot of demand on district heating we are experiencing right now.
0: Yes. It is a sad situation and we have to touch on it Um, and um, it's it's a great uncertainty for our industry right now. Some of your colleagues who are very dependent on natural gas have had to increase prices a lot because that's the situation. You may not have had that problem into the same degree, but then um, people are still in gas areas connecting. Let's jump back to another um, thing that is um, maybe um, also related to the su- how successful it-, it will be to make this conversion from natural gas to district heating. And here I talk about um, district heating is not just a company in itself with no connections to um, the rest of the society. Um we have rules from the state. You mentioned a little bit about it on on the Ukraine situation, yes. But the municipality um, is there. We integrate with the electricity company, and we integrate with the definitely with the gas company because we are taking their customers away from them. Um, we. Um, I would like a few comments on. What do you see around your kind of organization and all these things? Then later we can talk about the lack of skills and we can talk about um, prices. But where are we on this part with the gas conversation with connection to
2: municipalities and so on? I can maybe say a little bit, because uh, if I understand your question right, Martin. but the, the issue of us being a political organization owned by the municipality is not quite different from the situation that uh, Jens is representing a, a, a consumer-owned association. Because we have more or less the same uh, regulations, we have this non-profit organization and the non-profit legislation behind our companies, meaning that even though we are commercial, we haven't got the the what do you call it? The, it's, it's still voluntary to be a customer at our at our yeah at our uh, companies. But still, we it's it's a non profit, so we don't have like a big uh, capital fund or someone behind our companies that want a big profit. So for us, making the right price for these uh, people converting from natural gas to to district heating is. With a high level of trust from these customers because they trust that that we have a fair pricing, they trust that we would do anything in our uh, capacity to to find a good price and even make the green transition. We are not there yet with 100% green uh, district heating system, but we will be within the next eight seven years. Still, we have some really fair prices. We don't have these uh, high prices that that we experience in the natural gas companies, and. If we experience any problems, uh, we we can always point to the legislation and say this is all regulated by the authorities.
0: Thank you. A very good answer to my very unclear question. <laughs> <laughs> Jens, maybe um, comments from your side?
1: Uh, yes, as as we have told here, I'm owned by the customers, so. The elected board I have is the, the customer themselves is sitting here. This this the people who have to pay the bill in the last end. So they have to make decisions on behalf of all the other customers, but they are they are in it for themselves. So they they have to live with the, uh, Beslutninger, the uh, decisions. The decision who is making the country in in the company, and if we have a. Big decision of uh, large investments, so they had to live with it uh, our, my my board and also with the customers mm.
0: will you go so far as to say that an organization like yours that is yeah. You can argue forever about if they are similar, but their customer owned either directly for Mm. you, Jens, or indirectly for you, um, Jesper. um, It's better suited um, to make these big decisions on green um, um, decisions and giving low prices and supporting the the development of the city, these kind of things.
2: (laughs) Jesper? Yeah, I I could say that uh, some people say that the part of the, the planning success in Denmark of, of making this green transition during the last decades have been the issue that we have some, some both some national, but also some local planning regarding how to, to supply specific areas with the different kinds of energy sources, district heating or, or natural gas and stuff like that. So a part of this process is also saying that we are not looking in a profit in five years, 10 years, we are looking with the long horizon here in 20 years. So having a products approved in either Jens' company or my company, it should be a good business both for the society, but also for the business and the consumers in, in about maybe 20 years. So, so looking at these more longer perspectives, I think is a really strong argument because we have to make some really, really big initial investments. Uh, pipe, pipelines in the ground, huge uh, power plants, or the uh, heat pumps and stuff like that. So it's, it's a safe investment because you have like the municipal uh, organization behind the investment, but also you don't have like this profit uh, expectation of, of, of a lot of money in the future. We, we just need this project to be good for the consumers. So you, this you is could, part of you, the Danish model, yeah.
1: Yes, you, you can say this model here is working in Denmark. Now I travel also in England and Germany. And they say, wow, how can you do this here? Because everybody can see we are very successful here. So we, we can do this uh, transaction here. We have a, uh, a good and cheap finance that's because how we are organized and the uh, the, uh, the law is surrounding and protecting the customers so we, you can say it's work in denmark and we are well successful it's cheap and we are reaching the goals uh, about decarbonations so for us, it works. I can't say if, if it's working in Germany or Holland or uh, otherwise, but in Denmark, you can say it work here. And we're really fond of it, I will say. It's, it's make a lot of trust. We have a lot of trust from our customers when they are trusting us our the energy supplies uh, for them. So they can see I can be elected to the board. Uh, I have influence on the company, I can, go into the office, I can contact the other members of the board and say if they, if they don't, it's certified with, with something. So so it's very transparent what's going on here.
2: But I agree is- with you uh, Jens, because I think some people, you, sh- you should actually compare the district heating networks with the municipal infrastructure, right? Because it's a part of the city, like the pipes for the water, like the sewage systems, like the roads, for instance, it's a Mm -hmm. part of the the public system in the city to distribute something. And then again, you can take some energy, you can purchase energy from a commercial activity. You could purchase from an industry surplus heat and stuff like that. You can even have these uh, smaller companies and surplus heat industries have a a little marginal uh, profit on selling heat for us. But distributing the heat and serving the customers are public, uh, either owned by the municipality or the consumers and corporations and stuff like that. But it's, it's really essential that you have the long-term planning and you don't look at the profits for the next three years. Yeah. Good. Thank you. So that,
0: again, we always come back to some of these discussions, but that is also a part of being successful in um, creating, uh, converting from from gas to district heating. That is a very clear understanding of your business modeling. If I should summarize, um, planning is key. I heard you say that, and both of you say that planning and planning and planning is really, really the key. Then... A lot of customer interaction to make sure that all the customers that could benefit from your offer actually gets to it and then i hear um the business modeling, but also the fact that you are a company that have, and I think it's a key word you mentioned, Jens. Trust, trust, and trust is is really really important, and that you set the goals and you help the, the city in supporting their green transition. That's some of the things that I um, um, I believe in here. Never mind that we have heard Jens say this is. Um, This is successful in Denmark, and look at it. It has been successful. One advice from each of you, and only one, and make it short. If you are going to a city anywhere in the world, what would be the first thing, Jens, you would do to make a good conversion, successful conversion from natural gas to district heating? You get Mm -hmm. one shot. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think you should contact a, a good technical engineer. So uh, a good partner you can uh, have discussions with, who can set things in motion. So
0: and I also hear there, then you will have the technical system, the perfect, the best. Yes. An optimal technical system so, that includes both expansion and current demands yes. and
1: heat sources and all uh, that. Yes, where to get the heat from, and where do, how to put it from A to B. So, it's, it's when that that is on place. Uh, did, uh, then I think... Did, did, can I have a second advice as well? No. 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 <laughs> no. I I I do it anyway. I do it anyway.
2: <laughs> no, first we hear yes, but then maybe <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, let's... let's do that. Yes. But you have one. Yeah, but I think the the advice for me would be uh, think big but uh, act small. Because thinking big could be that you actually plan in the future that this, this could be a huge system and good for the green conversion in this uh, city. But acting small I mean, that uh, focus on the uh, low hanging fruits. Maybe just consider one, two, or three customers, a huge association of uh, housings, uh, a, a, two industries, a commercial uh, offices, or uh, stuff like that. But uh, find a, 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 a consumer base and start supplying these small houses, bigger houses uh, with energy, and then let the system grow from that point.
0: Thank you. A short one, Jens, and then I'll finalize
1: this. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, I think you you should uh, do it really nice for the customers to connect to the to the, uh, to the system. So we, we we have a business model where we do all the finance. Uh, so the connection free and all the construction in the housing as well. We 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 take that job as well, and then they have to be pay an annual fee for that. So people can connect to the system without, you can say, have any money out of their pockets. So, so it's I a think good that product
0: you deliver. It's not yes. only
1: heat. It's
0: also no. easiness of getting connected yes. and converting and all of that. And exactly. the billing is easy That's and everything is easy and yes. people have nice homes. Yes. Three good advices. One of them, he's the accountant, couldn't figure out between one and two. But we worked out and it was good advices. I would add one more. Um, and that is because I'm going to say thank you to both of you um, for um, sharing your knowledge. And my advice would be get some good managing directors. I know at least two, and that's you. <laughs> so thank you very much for for taking um, part in this. Yes. Um, before we finish, um, the podcast will be available on all your classic podcast channels, Spotify and all, wherever you find it, it will be on the Danish Board of District Heating's website and it will, of course, be on LinkedIn. And dear listener, should you have comments to this, please connect to the Danish Board of District Heating at LinkedIn and then we can take the discussions there. And I'm pretty sure both Jens and Jesper will be there. So, gentlemen, thank you again. For sharing your experience and knowledge and have a great day. Goodbye. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you a great day.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.